Welcome to the CCFR Radio Podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR. Everybody, welcome to episode 118 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Tack. Thanks for joining me again today on the podcast. We've got a lot of stuff to cover, like, and I mean a lot. So I'm going to try to, there's a lot of stuff I wanted to include in this podcast, but there's just no time for it. So we're going to try to plow through all of this information as fast as we can. As you know, there's a lot going on. But before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Vortex, the force of optics. So thanks to our friends over at Vortex Canada for continuing to support the podcast. We really appreciate that. You can check out all their great stuff at vortexcanada.net. That's vortexcanada.net. Also, our great friends over at the Saskatchewan Rivers Chapter Safari Club International. They do a lot of great work over there, and uh, that includes supporting the CCFR, and they've been really, really great to us. Uh, if you want to check out all the great work they do, you can find them at saskriversci.com. That's saskriversci.com. And our new sponsors, C-Toms. Um, C-Toms Academy provides life-saving training in trauma care and human performance. It's perfect for outdoor enthusiasts, hunters, shooters, anyone wanting to be prepared for emergencies. You can check them out at ctomsinc.com. That's Toms inc.com and finally our great friends over at north pro sports in saskatoon saskatchewan you can find firearms ammunition archery cold weather gear you name it you'll find it there check them out at northprosports.com that's northprosports.com all right so as i just mentioned i'm going to just sweep aside a bunch of stuff i want to cover it was valuable and it was interesting but we'll do it another time but there is a little bit of stuff i want to cover with you before i bring tracy on okay so now as you well know, there was a horrific, a, an incredibly tragic multiple victim public shooting at an elementary school in Texas. These are the, the stuff of nightmares of normal thinking, feeling people. Um, but anyway, it's it seems like it's viewed as an opportunity by the liberal government because they're like, now's the time. Let's roll this stuff out. And of course, we got Bill C-21 and we got some other regulations and a handgun ban and all this stuff. Okay. But when the shooting happened, um, we got some interview requests and I did a few interviews. I think I did about four, maybe, maybe between Tracy and I, four or five. Um, but of course you have entire segments dedicated to anti-gun people and they're like, Ooh, you know, there's another side of this argument because these, these confiscated firearms are going to come from somewhere. Maybe we should give them a voice and you get about one and a half sentences, right? Sometimes two sentences, maybe at the, at the most, if it's, if it's mainstream media in the format of like the, the national or CBC kind of typically, you don't get any time at all. You just get the one and a half sentences. So anyway, I drove to International Shooting Supplies uh, in Surrey, British Columbia. I had to go somewhere downtown anyway, so I stopped there. CBC met me there. We did about a 20-minute interview, and this was the clip. I'm going to show you that they decided to play, and basically the question was, why does anybody need an AR-15? And it's like, well, wait a second. You're only going to give me one sentence. Uh, or two sentences, and that is like a that's a five minute conversation, right? To really answer that to the point where people can a, a regular non gun owner could really understand it. So I'm like, well, wait a minute, let's back it up. Like, why are we even talking about AR-15s? Firearms in in general are are uh, dangerous. So the AR-15 isn't isn't really anything unique as far as lethality is concerned. Um, so that's what they chose to put in there, right? And 
I thought after I saw it, and it's a pretty innocuous clip, uh, but I'm gonna play it for you right now, check this out. It's a versatile, easy to own rifle, and that's why it's so popular. Canadian firearms stores can no longer legally sell AR-15s, but gun rights activists here still defend them. Why would someone need an AR-15 at home? An AR-15 is no different than any other centerfire semi-automatic rifle available in the United States or in Canada. It's, it's simply just another firearm. Americans buy them for self-defense or just recreation. They inflict more damage than a handgun and can include a feature to prevent jams so the shooter can keep shooting. Okay, so there's nothing, I don't think there's anything unreasonable or really offensive about that. And I just want to read you a little bit of fan mail that I got um, that same evening. So it's, it's somebody uh, here in Canada decided they had one look uh, at this, at that segment, at that sentence and a half, and made a few assumptions and decided to take the time to write me uh, seven paragraphs of an email. Here I'm, Now, here's a warning. You know that I, I basically never swear on the podcast. There's some bad language. So if you got kids in the room, you can plug their ears or listen to this later or whatever. But here it comes. You've, you've had your warning. This is from Chris Wright, a very upstanding citizen here in Canada. He says, I got to say, man, you're one disgusting piece of shit to be doing what you're doing. Just the smug attitude, the kind of, hey, go fuck yourself. I got mine. It's appalling. What your usual opponents may not realize, though, is that you do this to yourself. You want to be a scoundrel. You want to be a scumbag. You don't want to be an upstanding citizen. This is actually a quest for self-annihilation. Some part of you hopes that by putting more guns out there, maybe one of them will finally snuff out your small, puny, false, uh, empty little life. And it goes on. Okay? And, you know, he's talking to me about my mother and my father and how they were uh, do-nothings and, you know, scoundrels themselves, scumbags themselves or whatever. And the reason why I would even read you that stuff, I get that stuff quite often, is to is to show you. It's funny because when it came, when the, when the Spin Doctors for Protection from Guns first brought out their group, I reached out to them. Like other people on Twitter started jumping on them because they said just outrageous things. Um, like, you know, hunting, hunting rifles are not as, as, as powerful as, as assault rifles, just all kinds of weird things. Right. And they, they just clearly sh show that they ha didn't have any knowledge on the topic. And I actually reached out and I, I emailed them and I answered on Twitter. I said, you know, Hey, you guys don't really know what you're talking about when it comes to, to firearms. And that's, that's a problem, right? Because people believe doctors. And the first response from one of the founders of the, of the, uh, the, uh, organization was, why are you attacking a woman of color, right? And then the other doctors chiming in like, oh, I'm wondering about that too. It's like, well, what? Because I'm a misogynist and a racist by pointing out you don't have any idea what you're talking about when it comes to firearms, you know? So anyway, it just, and that was the tone of that whole relationship the whole time. Like I actually literally emailed them saying, hey, you know what? I think we can find some common ground. Maybe we can both work together, bring our expertise together and make Canada safer and not victimize people that haven't done anything. That was just not an option, right? And I did a whole video on it. So anyway, it's just interesting. And then what happens is, of course, we lodged that complaint against them. And so did other people as well. And of course, we're we're countering everything they say on social media. And then they put the most egregious stuff up. And it's like, yeah, well, once in a while, we throw rocks back at them or whatever. And then as soon as they get a few hits back at them, then they claim that they're being harassed and targeted and we're inciting. And it's funny. If you, if you look at the tone in Canada and the division and the, and the rhetoric that comes from the government, 
like Bill Blair, remember? It's like if you're in the gun lobby, you're obviously, all the extremists in Canada are in the gun lobby. Remember that? And the gun lobby is are, are misogynist, Islamophobes, homophobes, like all this stuff. Like the government is telling people that. And people by default are, are listening to the government and they're, they're going to believe them because the government says, hey, don't, 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 you know, fall prey to misinformation and disinformation. In fact, hang on. I'm going to play you a clip of, of Justin Trudeau talking about the gun freeze, meaning that you can't get registration certificates for new handguns anymore, right? So only has to do entirely with licensed gun owners. When, he, when asked about this, this is what he said. Check this out. Well, what would your message be to um, firearms groups that are saying, uh, you know, this handgun ban uh, continues to just uh, target lawful gun owners and, you know, it's you know, similar criticism to other gun legislation saying it's not going to target people that are breaking the law anyways? I think people need to be careful about uh, misinformation and disinformation in this. We've explicitly and specifically not targeted law-abiding firearms owners because uh, those who currently own and uh, operate handguns safely and store them safely are not at all targeted by this legislation. We're simply saying uh, that we are uh, freezing the market and in the future it'll not be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns in Canada. Oh yeah. Oh yes, he did. So he looked these people straight in the eyes and in fact knew that this was being broadcast across the entire country, that was on CPAC, and then lied to them and then warned them that they shouldn't spread disinformation. In fact, this guy is bringing in legislation to determine himself what disinformation and misinformation is and to take legal actions against people that the government deems to be spreading disinformation. Like, this is not a joke, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know why even leftists aren't pushing back against this kind of stuff because the government can change. It's not always going to be the liberals or the crazy NDP or any of these other people, right? And we know that. And do they want other governments acting like this and targeting them? We all got to stick together as Canadians, whether we can agree or not about guns or firearm regulation or abortion or climate change or all these things. Like we got to work this stuff out together, not be like, okay, well, I want the government to use force against this group of people. And, you know, this party ain't ever going to end, right? And 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 all these anti-gun groups and and their trolls, they're all they're all laughing. Like they think this is funny, right? The government using force against people and, and labeling people misinformation and using the legislative process to, to victimize them when they're the ones telling the truth and the government is lying. But all of this stuff is whipping people. It's inciting them, right? So the anti-gun people are just like, oh, look at the hate we're getting. It's like, are you crazy? I have never lied. Like there's no one out there that can see, that can say, well, here's where Rod Giltaka lied. And I've challenged people to do that before. I'm like, hey, if you think I've lied about something or got something wrong, throw it at me and I'll answer for that, right? Because I, as a policy, I don't lie about anything because I'm so busy. I can't keep track of lies. I can only keep track of the truth, right? Because I'll remember that stuff. And besides, it's just wrong to do that. And if I can't win my argument with facts and and be reasonable, then man, what, how, how am I ever long, how am I ever long-term going to sustain this? If that's the way I got to approach this conversation, right? So anyway, you can see the, the the poison that the government is is feeding Canadians, and whether it's about guns or whether it's about vaccines or whether it's like think either something is true or it's not, right? So anyway, I'm only going to comment on gun stuff, but like wow, this is the kind of hate like that's pretty intense, right? Do you think if that person could have, you know somehow get outside my house or find out where I lived? that that person wouldn't do anything. I mean, obviously it would be a bad idea for them, right? Because I'm not, I'm not uh, some kind of climate activist or somebody, right? And he probably knows better and he should, 
And, you know, <laughs> it's, that's a health decision for them. But, you know, do you think that that person wouldn't do something, wouldn't commit to violence against somebody else? And I'm, I would ask you another question. Don't you think this has gone a little too far? Maybe we should be looking to our leaders to unwind this tension a little bit. Maybe we should be looking at, at groups like the Spin Doctors for Protection from Guns and unwind that. Take the tone down a little bit. For Pauli Sessouvien to take the tone down because I am certainly capable of doing that and I've offered countless times, right? And they throw rocks back. I'm like, okay, I'll throw rocks at you for a while. And every once in a while, I give them the opportunity. I'm like, we can stop this anytime. Like I can forgive and forget like that. It's a business skill, right? So anyway, it's just, we got to unwind this because if we don't do it as a country, we just won't survive. And guns are no guns, like even on every other topic. So anyway, I just thought it was interesting. I want to share that with you. All right, so we got a lot to go through. Let's bring on Tracy Wilson right now. On the Skype, we've got Tracy Wilson of the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights. Wilson! <laughs> oh boy, hey buddy, is there ever a lot going on? It's not boring, man. <laughs> nope, what a time to be alive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes and no. Um, no. Okay, so we got a lot of stuff to cover. It is all important stuff. Um, yes. So <laughs> things that would be normally really, really important that we'd spend time on, we can't really spend time on, but... We got to just touch on them. And one of those important things is National Range Day. You have 60 seconds. Go for it. Okay. Now, I know I've been hammering you guys with this, but it's really important. In fact, it's even more critically important now because firearms are once again in the mainstream conversation. Everybody's talking about it. Everyone's talking about handguns, whatever. So National Range Day is critically important. It's a public relations stunt to get people out so they can come out, see what it's all about hopefully change some minds and educate some people. Go to nationalrangeday.ca to find an event near you. If you're unable to go to an event, just take somebody out shooting. That, that, it's literally the very best way to influence somebody's opinions on guns and gun owners. Yep, and do social media posts and just, you know, business as usual. Can, can finish. <laughs> the plan goes on, okay? The mission needs yeah. to be completed, so... Anyway, right. um, we'll talk more about that in a few weeks when things kind of calm down and we know what we're looking at for everything else. All right. Uh, next thing we want to talk about, which is kind of fun, is the Ontario election uh, concludes tonight, the provincial election. Yes. So I was up early and out voting this morning as soon as the polls opened. Uh, Ontario people, you have until 9 p.m. tonight to cast your ballot. Um, it's funny, actually, if you're watching the the polling on the individual um uh, ridings, it looks like Stephen Del Duca may not even win his riding, which is kind of wild since he's the party leader. I don't know how he's going to lead. It looks like they may form opposition and steal that away from the NDP, but I guess he'll be he'll be leading from the parking lot, keeping the minivan warm, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. Well, people may not be aware that if you don't have a seat, you can't you can't be part of you know their their House of the Commons, can't be part of their legislature, right? So you yeah. have to wait outside. And, and, yeah, well, and ask the people that aren't the party leader, hey, man, what happened? How'd it go today? <laughs> yeah. You can text in your your opposition. It's like, well, uh, we put a lot of a lot of effort into that guy's campaign, right? We've had somebody full time for two weeks producing content and uh, hammering away at him. Of course, a major principle of his campaign was a provincial handgun ban here in Ontario, which Trudeau uh, kicked that part of his chair out from under him. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see that guy uh, never sit in the legislature again. So. Yeah. So it's, it's not something that we, uh, we openly talked about, but yeah, we did have somebody full-time employed to create content, uh, you know, counter to Stephen uh, Palooka's campaign. 
and mm-hmm. and to spread that content online because he wanted to he wanted to unfairly victimize gun owners and we had no choice but to respond. That's another thing that the CCFR did that that isn't isn't even big enough to talk about. So uh, that's yeah, it was that. so fun though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you may have seen some of that stuff floating around, guys, some videos and memes and stuff. Uh, All right. Now on to some important stuff. We have the the new bill, the new new and uglier Bill C-21. There's a bunch of stuff we got to talk about. We're going to try to get through it fairly quickly. Uh, But let's start with those three OIC uh, regulation changes, the three that were at the bottom of this big list. I'm going to throw that up on the screen now. And we're not talking anywhere near enough about these things, too, because the handgun freeze have been so big. But uh, give us a rundown on these things, uh, Tracy. That's right. So there's a bunch of stuff going on. We've got the legislation, which is C-21. And then there's a number of different measures that will be implemented through regulation, which is OIC. And the government put together a chart to tell us, you know, when things will be implemented. Oh, it's it's a call from Ottawa. All right. I just I just cut that out. Um do you want to tell anybody who that was? No. Okay. <laughs> not, not on the air, <laughs> you but tell no, me that after, was an important after phone call. Maybe. Glad I took it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, sorry about that. No problem. Okay so, okay, so, yeah, the three items. Yeah, so if you look at that chart, that implementation chart, and it tells you uh, how things will be implemented, whether through the legislation, you know, waiting for that bill to pass, or dropped by an OIC. And if you scroll right to the bottom of that chart, there's three items there that should get everybody awake, the hair standing up on the back of your neck. Uh, number one, there's some stuff there about the UN markings. So that, of course, has been put off again and again and again forever. Uh, and it looks like they're dragging it back up. It may affect retailers more than it affects individual gun owners, but we don't even know what it looks like because they haven't tabled it. There's also um, an OIC implementation of an ability to max long guns to five rounds, which, you know, it doesn't, it seems kind of ambiguous, but when you think about it, they're not defining whether that means rim fire, center fire, tube fed, like, wait a minute, five rounds maximum on anything could be a big change for our community. So that could take a whole bunch of guns off the table. So we really got to take a deep dive into that. Of course, they're keeping all of this tight under their belt. So we, we can't get a look at what they're about to do, but we have red flagged the opposition about this and they are working on it. And then the third item, which made my eyes pop out of my head, was, you know, strengthening secure storage regulations and by way of OIC. Now, when I saw that, I went, what? I mean, that could be anything from, you know, maybe changing the, you know, diameter of a of a gun safe or adding an extra trigger lock or I, I don't know, it could be something like that, or it could be something really, really ugly. So we don't, we don't know yet, but I need everybody as focused as we are on the handgun stuff, which is the big stuff, not to forget some of those small stuff because they could also be big stuff. Oh, it could be central storage. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. All right. right. Um, now if you, oh yeah, the, uh, the, the table that I just, uh, put up there, you can go to the story on, uh, ccfr.ca or firearmrights.ca called newer, uglier bill C 21. That's a story that Tracy, uh, put together. That's also yeah. got, or if you didn't see our, our actual, uh, uh formal, uh, position on bill C 21, again, it was very cursory. It's very, very brief. That's in there too. Uh, so you can check that out. All right. Now, speaking yeah. of the bill, there's a couple, a couple more things. So they brought back from the old Bill C-21, 
Now in the newer and uglier Bill C-21, they brought back a ban on airsoft rifles. I was surprised. They, they, you know, that was such a tough battle for them last time. I kind of thought they might drop it off. And I know looking through some of the airsoft groups on the uh, on Facebook, I think they thought the same because they seemed to be shocked to see it back there. Of course, the Liberals' excuse for this, for banning airsoft, is they are saying that law enforcement can't distinguish between an airsoft or paintball gun and a real gun if somebody was committing a crime with one, which is a crime. But in any event... It's kind of a weird thing because it wouldn't put law enforcement at any uh, increased risk. It would put the perpetrator at an increased risk. And if the idea is that they can't distinguish between them out of all the technology available to us or spray paint or any other kind of visual marker that you could make a distinguishing mark, something different, uh, they, they said, no, just ban them all. So I'm not entirely sure this is a matter of public safety as much as it is ideological. Yeah, it's probably social engineering. They don't want people playing war games or getting outside right. or getting healthy. You know, uh, the video games are completely fine. All the killing and the rewarded killing. and But you're not moving around. You're not getting fit. Yeah. You know, all you're just sitting in your house and your computer, not leaving, not burning fossil fuel. I don't know, whatever their issue is. Um, but yeah, one other you know. thing is, is even if they're thinking... Well, you know what? Innocent people that maybe, uh, you know, an airsofter is walking down the street with his rifle to his friend's house because they're going to run around and, and do whatever. And then they have an encounter with police that could result in something bad, which is absolutely a real concern. That can be done by with a national education campaign in concert with industry. And if you yep. look at, at the, we found out $5 million was that national campaign on their gun strategy, which is basically taxpayer-funded election advertising like nothing oh, yeah. more propaganda if, yeah yeah if you look at what yeah. at what they were talking about it's just like full-on like here's look what we did you know it had no other value to the public not education not nothing but if they took yeah. that money and they did like hey if you do you own airsoft and have a guy's like ah you know you could have a negative interaction with police because they can't tell the difference or whatever they could have done yeah. there's so many things they could have done for almost no money and the last thing in the world that governments are are should be doing or are supposed to do in the idea of a of a free and equitable society, like in a democracy, is use government force to ban and confiscate property. That's the last measure. That's when you've tried everything else and everything else has not worked. And so this government but, Yeah, totally well, with the liberals, that. and it's funny because everybody's like, oh, I'll offend is like, oh, Trudeau's a dictator. And it's like, well, you could just vote him out. It's like, well, that's that's true. But look at the behavior. It is dictatorial, whether it's abusing laws, trying to skirt around regulations, banning things as a first measure and confiscating. Like, this is crazy stuff. So it is crazy stuff. Anyway, yeah. Um, anyway, so the airsoft ban is still in and uh, and they want to now they want to go to war with even just airsofters, for God's yeah. sakes. But twice. whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, twice. Mm -hmm. uh, OK, the handgun freeze. This is uh, probably the biggest, most high profile uh, part of this. Um, what do we know about that right now? Well, that's sort of hanging in the balance. So, of course, it was announced at the press conference. Mendicino said, you know, we can't wait until the legislation passes to do this. However, Trudeau sort of had a, had a you know, the opposite messaging. Uh, but we do know that they will be implementing that by way of regulation, which is OIC. Of course, that can come at any time. There is some procedural stuff they've got to follow. They're trying to circumvent it. There's just a bunch of stuff going on. But the bottom line is, um, you don't really need to understand all of that if you understand the fact that it could happen basically at any time. So we are on borrowed time. 
you do not more than likely have until fall. I hope you do, but I don't think you do. I think we've got to walk a really fine line here between, you know, ensuring retailers aren't stuck with a whole bunch of inventory that they're not going to be able to sell um, at the end of this and people um, engaging in, in transactions that may not go all the way through. Now, the CSAAA, which is our counterparts at the gun shop lobby, Wes Winkle, uh, they had a meeting with public safety this morning and they asked specifically if there are transfers that were initiated before the OIC gets dropped on us, will those continue to go through or is all that stuff stuck in limbo? They said if, if it was already initiated, it will go through. Now, what exactly do they consider initiated, whether it's sent to the CFO, entered by the CFO? We're not entirely sure. So, you know, just exercise some caution. But, yeah, I think everybody's been doing a bang-up job the last couple of days, helping retailers out to make sure they're not stuck with inventory. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's pretty dicey. And that is if you trust what the Liberals say. Because the Liberals yeah. will, I mean, of course they will. They'll tell public safety something, knowing full well public safety will tell everybody else that, and then change their minds. Oh yeah, they'll wait. I, they'll wait, and then when people are vulnerable and they got a whole bunch of money online, those they'll you know they'll shut it down. Like you would, you cannot put stuff like that past them. No, but it's really important that you know condensing down everything you said. That if you do play this game where you're like, okay, well I'm going to go buy a handgun now, knowing full well that everyone is overloaded and that transfer probably won't be done within a month, hoping that you'll be able to get that handgun, so at least you've got that the gun that you wanted to use for the rest of your life before they're confiscated and destroyed, you do run the risk of, of losing your money. If a, if a retailer can't cover, uh, if that, if that transfer doesn't go through and they can't cover all that inventory sitting forever, like, like happened to them with all of the rifles that were banned, right? Yeah. Uh, two years ago, uh, you do run some risk. So <clears throat> at your own risk, you can try to yeah. get a handgun while you can, or, Take some of your own collection, transfer it to your kids. So at least they do have that opportunity to own guns before the liberals finish social engineering um, everyone in Canada to, uh, you know, to comply with their own vision. Uh, one more thing is that uh, during the public uh, safety technical briefing that we attended, know this. If you are someone that has a pro hip license for a handgun right now because you had one of those, I don't have one, so I can never memorize the numbers 12.3 or 12.6 or whatever it was, short barrel handguns or handguns manufactured before 1945 or 42 or something like that. You, you guys with prohib licenses would know that better than me. You were allowed to pass those down to your kids and then mm -hmm. they would inherit that license. That's now gone. So if you have prohibs, yeah. you thought that was going to happen. It's not going to happen now. Your firearms die with you. So FYI. Okay. Um, Terrible. Yeah. And All bad. Absolutely. So there's, there's more, uh, more developments coming as we get them. Okay. So, you know, whatever we've yeah. told you now may or may not be true tomorrow or the next day, or maybe it holds, holds true till the fall. We don't know. So that's a really important distinction. Uh, last thing, more unnamed variants, uh, are going to be prescribed as prohibited firearms now. Yeah. So as you know, they've been continually, adding to the banned list by way of FRT reclassification. And of course, if you listen to that press conference that Trudeau and Marco did the other day, um, he was very specific in mentioning the fact that they will be banning more by way of FRT reclassification. And that will indef uh, definitely include guns that have been manufactured, designed and manufactured since the gun ban. 
So while you've got manufacturers out there who are trying their best to comply with the new parameters and to design guns that are available for use since a bunch of our stuff's already been banned, they're going to go ahead and ban those too. So, you know, we don't know which makes and models. Of course, they don't warn us or send out a, a list or anything like that. But it's apparently between three and 400 more guns being added to the ban list. So there is no sign of this government slowing down in their assaults on our community. And it just, it's going to continue. Yep. And, uh, and it's just, just a, as of note, in our court case against the uh, Attorney General of Canada, um, they part of their regulatory impact um, uh, assessment statement, I think that's what it was. Uh, but as part of that, they're like, oh, there's lots of other guns, you know, yeah. law-abiding gun owners, target shooters. They're not targeted at all. There's just a handful of these guns that we, 1,500. There's only a handful of these guns that were just too dangerous, but there's plenty of other replacements. And then, of course... People yeah, just like, buy something else. Well, yeah, people like me went, oh, okay, well, the the uh, BCL Coyote is still non-restricted. I go buy it, and they prohibit it when it was shipping to my house. There goes 1500 bucks, And now they're like, oh, there's still a bunch. Like, just just the worst people, just the worst, most felonious liars. Oh, just go buy something else. You know, there's plenty out there. People are even making new guns to be mm-hmm. in compliance with the law. And now they're like, oh, yeah, go ahead and buy those. Oh. Sorry, prohib. Oh, well, Polly calls those loopholes yeah. <laughs> instead of compliant. Yeah, it's called compliance, not loopholing. Yeah. But anyway, whatever. So it's just, it's it's wild. It's just really oh, wild what wild. they're doing, you know. And I, yeah. I I don't think mainstream Canadians they may have an idea, but they may not own guns. So maybe right now they don't care. But they you, you should really have a really good look at who these people are and what they're actually trying to do. They're trying to hurt people. So yeah, they anyway, are. whatever. Because there's a there's a lot of different ways they could do this to be fair, and it might cost them some money, but there's a lot of ways they could have done this differently. Um, all right, now uh, something we should say is because things are changing so fast, and there's new information coming to light all the time. We may or may not do another podcast next week instead of waiting two weeks. Yeah. Um, so if something really big happens, we'll try to get a video out to you guys so you know you don't have to read stuff and dig it up yourself. We'll try to do that work for you so that you can just watch a video and know what's going on. Um, all right. There's a, there's now one of the things that I want to just kind of discuss and it leads to a couple of other things really quick is that, uh, I, I got quite a few messages from people be like, well, you know, we wasted our time this whole time. We're still losing our guns. You know, all oh, the CCFR yeah. didn't come through. It's like, well, we, <laughs> we never said that we could somehow blackmail members of parliament and make them vote a certain way. It's just not reality. We've never said that, you know, we could have a television show or do a, you know, uh, do some, something else or make explainer videos and boom, you get all your guns back. I mean, it's just naive, right? Um, well, that's it. And this government yeah. is operating like a majority government. They're just doing whatever they want with the full support of the NDP and on gun stuff the, and block, the block as well. Yeah. And the block yeah. too. So, yeah. um, so what's, what's important is, is that the work that we're doing, you know, cause I get just as, you know, it's funny because I get just as discouraged as everybody else. Cause I'm like, man, look how hard we're working. I'm still losing my stuff like and these people and they don't care what's real or what's not or what's moral or what's not. They just don't care. They're just doing whatever they want. And it's like you have to understand in our system, that's how it works. British parliamentary system, the majority government or a coalition government has enough power to take basically everything (laughs) from you. Mm -hmm. And your choices are either give up everything and just grin and bear it. Vote that government out 
or scrounge up $2 million and, and take them on as a charter challenge and possibly lose. Like those are your options in the system that we have. So it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. People have to understand, like there's only so much you can do, but the work that is ongoing is changing public opinion, getting pu the public to understand why people own firearms and why, why it's such unique and important property. And so the CCFR, the work that we're doing still has to continue. You can't give up, you know, can you imagine? No, you can't. Yeah. Can you imagine if you look at why join on, on the website and look at even just things that we've done in the last two years since the gun ban. Look yeah. at all those things and imagine none of that stuff ever happened, right? And where we would be, how easy it would be for the for the for the liberals to just walk right over. So they could have just said, you know what, everybody that's got a gun, you can't use it. Period. You can use bolt actions and uh, and break actions. That's it. Everything's prohibited, and we're going to put two hundred fifty million dollars into new units for uh, for provincial provincial or federal or municipal police to go. Uh, use the the registry documents that we have now and go actually collect all these guns with no compensation. Who knows what they would do just to, oh, just yeah, to roll right over us. And a lot of the media would have just stayed silent on it, right? But Well, and we're not magic. Like, I know I've had about six people send me a PM saying, what are you doing? How are you going to stop this? And it's like, dude, I'm I'm not magic, you know? Uh, there are only, uh, only ever two solutions to stuff like this, and it's either uh, court or a new government. So uh, a, a better solution, a more permanent solution would be a new government. And I think for those out there on the other side, like, you know, you've got Polly and all the anti-gunners on uh, toilet, I mean, Twitter, you know, you've got them uh, cheering this on and laughing and they're just having the time of their lives, right? They even cheer on or ask the government, you know, to not follow proper procedures uh, in doing these things. Like just hurry up and do it to them, hit them harder, faster, you know, really nail them, hurry up. Um, and the thing is, be careful about cheerleading that on. Because if you make it okay for your side to do it, your side won't always be in power. At some point, there will be a shift in government. And just as you cheered that on against your opponents, expect it back at you. Like, th that's that's how it's got to work, right? So yeah. yeah, don't start crying when when the conservatives have a majority government, which is probably coming. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, we're going to circumvent the OIC process. And rather than to take, you know, whatever the month long thing and put it in the Gazette and get commentary and all the rest of it. Nope, we're just going to push it through, you know, yeah. like just and it, it's it's short sighted, narcissistic people that cheer on other people getting hurt or other yeah. people's rights or other people's lives or identities. And when they cheer that stuff on, it's just like because they're. I don't know, too sharp of a point on it, but it's just like, yeah, they're they're very flawed people and they don't have the foresight or the moral standing, the moral foundation in their minds to go, wait a minute. If I think it's okay for the government to to use its use violence, basically, it's use force against all these people that I don't identify with, you know, I, I guess I guess I might have my turn. There might be a government that doesn't like me and and can do things to me. So I mean it's just it's really it's really I mean that's that's division at its finest, right? Yeah, we should absolutely. all be going like, hold on, there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And even though I disagree with you on these gun issues, we got to do things the right way because this can turn around. You know, the, the the thing that we hate about the system right now can be something that they're like, oh, man, I never thought this system would turn on me. And and that could happen in like a few years from now. So I imagine it will. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So anyway, we've we kind of beat that to death, but it's really important. So when it comes to court challenges, of course, I mean, we, we've sued journalists. 
even just for bad mouthing gun owners, right? So we are very active in the litigation aspect of, of firearm advocacy. And of course, our public relations work need, needs to continue. Um, but most importantly, we need to be in a position as, or, as an organization to get the liberals out of power. And even if you just look at the last election, you know, we did uh, we did television commercials, we did radio advertising, we did social yeah. media, sponsored social media um, uh, advertising, and we distributed a quarter million brochures to Canadians. Okay, by so, hand. By hand, yeah. So we yeah. don't we don't talk about like oh you know oh we spent this like we tell you what we do, and these are the things these are the actual actions that will help change things. So this work has to continue. So it anyway. does, and it. It takes a lot of money. I know, as everyone listening probably already knows, we are in court fighting the 2020 May OIC. It's incredibly expensive. We've we've done really well fundraising. We are still about 600000 behind, I think, in that. Uh, so we'll make that up. But, yeah, I mean, the limit to what we can do is us, right? It's, it's what we can do, what we can fundraise. And, um, yeah, so... We'll, we'll do everything we can. We promised gun owners that right from the beginning and we meant it and we've stuck by that. Yeah, we can't give up and we won't give up. We have yeah. to keep doing the things like National Range Day, all the rest of that stuff. You just got to keep going because even if we don't save everything, we're going to make it easier for them if we just give up and not do anything. It's just be a lot oh, easier yeah. for them and be cakewalk to them. Um, one more thing I don't think we mentioned, but be between us, I think we did, I think we might've mentioned this, but we did I think over 40 interviews between you and I in a span of two and a half days. So I would yeah. like to say thank you to a lot of the mainstream media. I mean, we didn't get anywhere near as much coverage as anti-gun people, but they did give us an opportunity um, in many ways, at least to, to, to illustrate that there's a, that gun owners do have a voice. So we've, <laughs> We yeah, worked ourselves to death in yeah. the last couple of days for sure, making sure that every single opportunity, I think it's just under 50 opportunities that we had this time around, that for gun owners to tell their side of the story to the mainstream media, the CCFR was to was there to do that and to do it in a reasonable manner that people could understand. So, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that was quite the media blitz. It was, it was intense, insane, a lot of it. And I got to say, like, I even did a half-hour call-in radio show with CBC, like, you know, she she was difficult, but she she gave me a fair shake. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I give her credit. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, we could always use more, but that was good. Um, a yes. big thank you to Ipsit Canada for oh my god yeah, yeah. for donating thirty thousand dollars. So there's some details there. Why don't you fill us in on those? Yeah, so Ipsit Canada got together. Of course, this is sort of like the governing body for the provincial. I don't know what you call it. Maybe chapters. So you know, you have Ipsit Alberta, Ipsit Ontario, whatever. But Ipsit Canada is the governing body. So their national council had made a, a, a decision to participate in advocacy and fundraise for it. So they said, we're going to donate 50% of all the member dues that come up through the chapters uh, to court challenges fighting the OIC uh, gun ban. So, the, of course, they gave each province the ability to decide where their money went and Enough people decided to support the CCFR that they sent us a check for just slightly under $30,000, which is incredible. I cannot wait to get out to Ipsic Nationals this summer out in Halifax and see everyone face-to-face -face and thank them face-to-face. -face. But just, just an enormous amount of help and really, really, really incredible. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really great. And um, we appreciate it and we will use it to fight these people 
uh, yes. to our last breath almost. Yeah. So well, probably that's <laughs> yeah, how I'm like, uh, how literal do I want that? Um, mm. But anyway, uh, it's, it's true. So look forward to some media projects. We got a couple of things that we're going to uh, to throw at the liberals uh, in the next couple of weeks. So look forward to a, a little bit of that. And uh, and the most important thing is we need to continue to do the things that we're doing. We need to throw the liberals out of power. I'd love to see them not even not even have an, enough seats to to you know make any noise in the House of Commons at least for two election cycles. So um, we need we need help doing that. Anyway, yeah. okay. This is like uh, 27 minutes. So, okay. Right. We're so. also working really hard. One last, last sure, thing. Sure, sure, sure. We're also working really hard uh, with the opposition. You know, there's a lot of tools the liberals are using against us, but there's also a lot of tools in the other toolbox for the opposition to use against them. So we're working hard with them. I was on the phone last night with them until 1130 last night. There's a lot of work going on to sort of prepare to stall, delay, or stop some of the things that are coming. So they will throw everything they can at it. Um, you don't know what's going to work and what's not. But don't think everybody's just sitting around reading it and talking about it. There's a lot of work going on behind the scenes to stop it. No, you were on the phone at like 11 o'clock your time last yeah. night. And they yeah. were working on it. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. We should have made, made me mention something earlier. But, yeah, the conservatives um, are really putting in a lot of effort um, behind the scenes in committee yeah. and whatnot to, to really, really uh, represent us. So we re we appreciate that. So 100 percent. Yeah. I don't think nothing's going on because there's a lot going on. A lot of people are working very hard, actually. Yeah. OK. Crazy. Awesome. Well, thanks for the update. And uh, as I said, uh, we might get back together before next week. We'll see. But thanks for the yeah, update. Yeah, we'll see. If something happens, we'll be on it. Sounds good, Wilson. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you then. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the CCFR radio podcast. Uh, I've got a couple of things to go over with you before I let you go. All right. Now, um, I've gotten some some very negative messages from gun owners. And, and in my mind, it's like I've gotten a lot of negative messages. Well, like in real life, what that means to me is like five, maybe seven. Right. But when you get negative messages, I think, which is true for most people, when you get negative feedback, you're like, oh, what am I missing? Right. And I think it's because psychologically there's survival value in that. It's like, well, I want to survive or I want to thrive or I want to improve or whatever. What shouldn't I be doing? This message is critical to me. I think that's why we focus more on negative input than we do positive. Right. So anyway, all that to say, I've gotten lots of, you know, seven or eight or maybe maybe 10 at the most messages from gun owners that are just discouraged and like, oh, why even bother trying? And the CCFR weren't able to stop this, you know. And it's like, well, wait a minute. When you're losing a fight, and of course we're losing, there's a majority government. In our system, the government, a majority or coalition government has almost complete power over the over the the population. And I'll get back to my original point. So just allow me to digress for a second. I think what people don't realize is in our system, the government can basically do almost virtually anything it wants to, like even to get an injunction, right? Because the CCFR tried a couple of times and I get a lot of feedback from our legal team, even to get an injunction on something is near impossible, depending on what it is, right? In our system, that coalition or majority government can really almost do anything that it wants to its citizens. So why is this new to people? And I think I've mentioned this before. This seems new to a lot of us because governments would never behave in this manner before, right? You know, you never saw even the the most unliked government, you know, really wouldn't do these kinds of things very often because they're like, people won't put up with it. They'll kick us out of power. If you remember the progressive conservative party that brought in Bill C-17, you know, they were, you know, Kim Campbell, she was out faster than she was in, right? She got to do this a little bit and then... Pfft, 
you know, the, one of the shortest lived, if not the shortest lived prime minister in Canadian history, right? So people, that used to mean something to people. Um, and, and doing the right thing for Canadians used to mean something. It wasn't an ideological war like it is now. So they always had that power. They just weren't poisonous enough to use it, I think, if that makes sense. So anyway, the only way to stop this stuff is to throw the government out. We just talked about that a couple of minutes ago. So when, when people email me, like, well, they're just going to get everything anyway. Well, listen, when you are under attack, when you're losing, that's the time when you put the, 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 your foot to the floor. You know, you put it to the floor. You got to fight even harder because if you give up, it just paves the way for them to do whatever they want to you. And remember, like Tracy and I just talked about, there will be a new government eventually. And if we do our work well, if we are continually working on public education, we're continually working on, on Canadians getting to know why people own firearms, um, continually working on discrediting these, these, these poisonous, horrible people that are in power right now, and the, and, the, and the way that they're behaving and abusing power, there's a lot that we can get accomplished so that when a new government comes in and they do things above board, they have transparent inquiries or transparent studies or, you know, and say, well, here, what is the real truth about these things? And this is open to the public. And then we're going to go with the recommendations. We're going to go with what has been proven. In fact, then people will support it. So there's a lot of work that still has to be done. We've got to continue working. We've got to continue fighting. We can't give up right? Because things will change. They're not going to be like they are right this second forever. And that applies to every aspect of your life. Even if you're going through a hard time right now, you know, forget guns for a second, that it's going to change because I've had lots of hard times in my life and I've had terrible things have happened to me, but I never stopped. I never gave up, right? I kept on nudging, the, nudging, you know, dealing with my problems and nudging my life forward, keep pushing it forward. So anyway, that's meant to just let you know that it's never really over. And it's meant to let you know we still need your help in either becoming a member or donating. We still need your help to be out there on the front lines on social media or in your you know, or in your own community or at gun shows or national ranging and stuff. You, you cannot give up. You have to actually put more effort. And when it comes to an election, should one get called, take your holidays, take your take take your vacation days from work and do what it takes to throw these people so far from office, it'll take them 10 years to get back to it. Okay, so that's what, you, if you really want to save your guns, and I know it's tough, we've been doing nothing but losing for six and a half years, as long as I've been doing this at the CCFR, because we've been under liberal rule from one, one month after the CCFR was formed, okay, to right now, we're still under the under the thumb of these people. That's what you have to do. You have to keep fighting these people and accelerating your efforts. We need to get these people out and we need to do all these other things in the interim so that when a new government comes in, that the, the road is paved. Okay. So anyway, I don't know if any of that made sense, but it's just really important that you don't give up and you don't get discouraged, you know, and you don't make it easy for these people. Cause I don't think we've made it easy so far, but they're very committed anyway. All right. So if you want to become a member, you know how to do that. Firearmrights.ca. You can also get there from, uh, by typing in ccfr.ca. If you want to donate, that's great. Um, if you want to volunteer, you can always consider doing that. If you want to help us out on social media by being part of our social media army, do that as well. Participate in National Range Day. Uh, take care. It probably won't be two weeks till we're talking again. It'll be a lot sooner than that, but I appreciate you watching. Make sure you share the podcast. Tell people to watch it. There's a lot of important information in here. Okay, thanks for your support. Take care and we'll see you soon.
This is another episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca.